This episode is made possible by the Quantor XL Drum Composting System from European Composting Systems AB. This is the organic stream on compoststory.org, the bite-sized podcast series interviewing experts and key figures in the environmental sphere on all things organic and recycling. Get your lunchtime organic fix here. Hi there and welcome to another episode of the organic stream for compoststory.org. As always, I'm your host, Aline Murphy, and today we're in Adelaide, South Australia, talking to Daniel Matrusidis, a director of ITSA. That's Innovative Total Solutions Australia. Daniel has been working a lot in the Middle East, helping businesses and organisations to better manage their organic materials. And that's where our focus is today, both on the Middle East and on managing organics in a business or company setting. We'll centre on a project Daniel has been working on in Qatar. We'll also get a little bit into good management practice and how understanding business culture is very important to making recycling a popular choice. I hope you enjoy the show. So Daniel, today we're focusing on the Middle East and just specifically your project in Qatar. Uh, but before we get into that, maybe you can give us a little background information. It seems that recycling is gaining traction in the Middle East. Why do you think that is? Uh, it certainly is. I mean, organic waste is what smells and that attracts bacteria and disease. And when you've got a prosperous nation like the UAE, for example, you know, it's growing and the cost of land in using landfill or dumps is becoming very expensive uh, and it can play a detrimental role to society and just general health and, and living standards. So what we try to do is treat the organic waste on site or in a uh, collective method uh, on a site next to or within the landfill or dump to therefore actually um, minimize the organics that do go into landfill or dump, which we think is a waste of resources, and turning it into compost. That's a brilliant idea, actually. That's really cool. And so they have a pressing need to recycle then, I suppose. Uh, but what are the challenges you've seen to introducing recycling systems? I presume the notion of recycling is gaining popularity. It is. It is. There are elements and drivers, but the current practices there at the moment, and there are improvements to this, is that there's little awareness uh, campaigns, although this is improving. Um, there's very little source separation activities. Uh, there's minimal compost development. So putting quality back into soils is paramount, especially in the region that is purely desert. There's an increase in migrant populations. So therefore, when they're building infrastructure, roads, uh, airports, uh, shopping malls, there are more people producing more waste. So the economic growth in that area contributes to growth in waste generation per person. And if you look at the statistics in the Middle East, for example, like the UAE or Qatar, per kg per person, it's one of the highest in the world. Wow, okay. So there's a lot of work to be done there. And uh, you've been part of that work yourself in Qatar in the Pearl, which is a high-end residential and retail complex. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the Pearl, which is run by uh, UDC, the United Development Company, based in Qatar, as you said, is a, is a beautiful residential and retail complex. And uh, people pay for prosperity and do not want to see waste. Uh, management are very proactive and are always looking at ways to add value to the good work already done there. Um, we identified through our waste management audit when we were asked to uh, conduct that exercise that there is a huge need for landscaping and maintaining beautiful grounds and floral settings. Uh, the pearl imports everything. Yeah, just uh, because actually I remember you saying before, and I thought this was really interesting, but they import the plants as well, do they? 
Yes, uh, they've started to develop their own uh, nurseries there, but you can appreciate with the weather, the extreme heat, it's not always easy. And accessibility to um, good water, which is um, suitable for plants, is not always easy to ascertain as well. So one of the things that we were able to do was, in example, uh, with the workers' camp there, they feed them 24-7. Their food is you know, placed directly into the biobin for on-site treatment. This is turned into compost, then placed onto the garden beds. So there's less money spent on rubbish removal, importing soil conditioners and plants, uh, and that means the pearl can manage this themselves. And at the same time, we've been able to educate the kitchen staff in better practice of food waste management and educate the staff in effective management practices in source separation methods as well. All right, cool. And um, was there any other habits that you observed that could be changed? Yeah, we found that uh, a lot of the watering is done during the day. From an environmental perspective, it is a natural resource and it makes it very difficult when you're watering at extreme temperatures during the day. That means the irrigation system isn't working until it's full maximum. The plants are dying uh, more readily because there isn't conditioner in the soil like a fertilizer. So we've been able to actually put the compost on there, uh, therefore extending the lifespan of that plant and less water required. Cool, so it saves water as well. Absolutely. It acts like a, a sunscreen. <laughs> That's really cool. And so did change happen in the Pearl? And more generally, what do you think we can do to inspire influencers to change their systems? Well, firstly, it's about, you know, meeting people within the organisation, understanding their vision, their objectives and their values, and finding the like-minded people and objectives coming together. Uh, secondly, the organisation has to have a strong commitment to environmental issues. And without sounding too cynical, there are many environmental policy statements on all organisations in any website or any other documented um, policy. It's whether they actually act on it. And then thirdly, is to make environmental, commercial and social sense. So leadership is required and it starts at the top and it's about changing their behaviour. So if you improve the task then you improve the process, and then you improve the result, which ultimately uh, improves the performance. So very, very quickly, not any particular order, it's about changing culture uh, and policies and procedures. Everyone works to a task and duty. So if you change that task and duty to make it more effective, more efficient, and more aligned to environmental practices, um, then you Im improve the results and the performance. Apart from education and training, you have a look at um, current plans in place, for growth and development. So therefore, it's not just a gimmick, it's part of your everyday use. And with that everyday use, that becomes part of the culture of the organisation. And then that sends a powerful message across the rest of the organisation or the complex um, that it's a standard that you've developed and you'll never go back. Awesome. And uh, so after the Qatar project, or you're still involved in the Qatar project, aren't you? Yeah. We, we go as regular visitors there in, in Qatar and uh, we've ascertained new clients. Um, these are catering companies and, and food processing plants as well because what they do is a large part of their business is producing food waste. And that food waste is a, uh, something that we could put back into the ground. At the moment, what they're doing is they're stopping their work, getting transport companies to f pick up the bins and the skips and they're paying them to drive them across the country to actually dump. We're saying that uh, you don't need that. If you eliminate the unnecessary practices and develop new ones, you, you'll be surprised at what results you can achieve. And um, in Qatar, uh, especially for the Pearl, we've allowed them to enhance their landscaping services, for example. There's cost savings in labour and products. 
there's been training for staff, there's efficiencies introduced in water usage and greater yield of plant, as I discussed earlier. The dying plants don't need to be disposed of. They can go into the biobin. Planting um, is more effective and more efficient in the sense that you've already got quality in the soils to work with. Uh, there's less need and requirement for watering because of compost, and we're able to demonstrate the sustainability loop. So it's been more of a win-win and a win-win as we're there doing the work. The more we understand the client, the more we understand their current practices, um, we can actually introduce new methodologies based on their uh, local circumstances and therefore fit into their practices. And it's actually worked um, in, in, in a wonderful way uh, for mutual benefit. Brilliant. And um, how important then is understanding business culture to making recycling a popular choice? Um, it's very important because decisions in business should be based on data and fact, especially in relation to waste and environmental. Many businesses initially don't know how things are spent. They have beautiful budgets, they have beautiful accounting and financial systems. But if you're asking to break down the, um, the frequency of the use and, and the spending habits and asking why, it's very, very different. So business culture should be part of a process of improvement, uh, an improvement culture. As I said earlier, it's first to understand the problem and then make improvements. If you have a methodology of measuring and reporting waste levels, this further promotes engagement. So you're using standardized methodologies at a business or a workplace level to allow targeted analysis and prevention. That means if you have data and facts in front of you, you are a much uh, more informed decision maker. And then it could be driven by the establishment of waste prevention targets. At the moment, a lot of places that we visit don't have targets at all because they don't know that there is a, well, they know there is a problem. That's why they're talking to me. But they don't know that we can actually dissect it and then um, try and put in some new technologies and methodologies. And what role should local governments play in driving change in this part of the world? Well, one of the things we've been able to do with our success at a local level is uh, allow government uh, and relevant stakeholders uh, to play a pivotal role. They're also talking about laws being introduced uh, to ensure organic waste is handled in a responsible manner. And that's a very general term, um, being responsible. It has to be better than what's happening at the moment. There are laws and regulations, um, but they need to be enforced and monitored as well. So we've been able to change a bit of um, habit and behaviour accordingly. And that's been wonderful for us in the last eight to 10 months. Wow, that's really cool. That's really inspiring. And um, finally, do you have a quick word of advice for our listeners in similar situations? Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's not so much of a sales gimmick or a slogan, but you know, if you have a look at what we take from the ground, we should put back, back in the ground. Uh, when I do work in India, for example, Mother Nature you know, allows trees at a certain time to lose their leaves. So in India, what they do is they gather up the leaves and they burn them. In the end of the day, those leaves play an important role when they fall back to the ground and if you put them back on soils because they act as a, as a natural sort of uh, remedy for the, oil, for the soil to be enhanced. And from a, from a government driver perspective, you, you cannot achieve national and economic prosperity unless you invest in community outcomes. And the cleaner environment creates growth potential for economic and community prosperity. Brilliantly said. And um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Best of luck in the future now. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. 
That was Daniel Matrusidis for the organic stream on Campostory.org. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about ITSA's work or the Qatar project, you can find Daniel's email address on the ITSA website. That's www.itsa.net.au. As always, you can find us on Campostory.org or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Campostory.org. Thanks for listening and hope you'll tune in next time. You are listening to The Organic Stream on Compostory.org. This episode was made possible by Quantor XL Drum Composting System from European Composting Systems AB. Quantor XL Drum Composting is a turnkey system that achieves full hygienization. Manure, sludge and bio-waste can be composted and turned into a resource, recycling many important nutrients back to nature. Find out more on www.ecsab.com.